alone for this one reason, right? When I'm alone and when I put something down, it stays there. And when I buy snacks and food, I had a bag of popcorn on my bench all week this week that didn't get touched or didn't get moved on the kitchen table. You know, when I turn on a light, it stays on. And when I turn on the heater, it stays on. It's this by far the best thing about living alone. Can anyone relate to that? Like my, my parents, um, especially dad, he's either cleaning or turning off lights. And so um, if I don't hold on to something, it's going to be packed away. There's been times that I've got a drink of water. I'm drinking it. I'll put it down. I'll turn around, come back, and it's gone. It's already packed away. Or like when I, when I put, put my stuff out on the bench ready to go to work, it's already back in my room by the time I'm leaving out the door. Is that... Anyone relate to that? And, and lights. I'll be in a, room, in, a, in, a, in a room and every single light will go off except for the one directly above my head. And it would just magically happen as I'm, um, you know, watching a movie or something. And, uh, and that's what I love about living alone is that things don't change. Things just stay the same. Um, another change that's sort of, sort of uh, that's, that's bad change when things get moved. But a good change is, you know, no more plastic bags. Has everyone got used to that yet? I'm struggling, hey. Oh, it's costing me a lot of money in green Hessian bags. Like, it's a great idea. I'm totally for it. I just haven't gotten the rhythm yet, and I think it's worse for the environment right now. But, hey, I'll get there, and that's a good change. But we've all experienced good changes and bad changes. Um, maybe you find yourself in a situation where you've experienced a good change, like a job, promotion, or um, maybe... Uh, the, the creation of a new life, a, a baby. There's lots of babies going um, around in this church, which is awesome. But maybe it's just you got good, good grades for once. Like, that's a good change. That was a good change for me in year nine. Didn't, uh, didn't change for long. There's also bad changes, like uh, redundancy at work or, or uh, the premature death of someone close to you. Um, there's uh, maybe the Eagles lose a game for once. That's a bad change. That's a change from the norm. Ooh. Dockers for life. Hands up for Dockers. Hands up for Eagles. Wow, even split. Even split. And hands up for Magpies. Two. You're growing. Revival. Sweet. And there's good changes and there's bad changes. We've all experienced that. But when's the last time you've experienced a God change? When's the last time you've experienced God change something in your life? You know, we've, we've, all, we've all had the sort of God change where we accept God into our life for the first time, or most of us have had that. We've had the God change where we've been baptized, and that was great, and, and maybe even we've encountered God and been filled with His Spirit, and, and God changes us like that. But when's the last time you've had a God change? Because we're all called to have a God change. We're called to grow in relationship with God, grow, grow closer and closer with God, and God's this perfect um, thing and we're these imperfect creatures and so naturally logically we're on this eternal journey changing and changing and becoming closer with God so when's the last time you had a God change or God changed something in you maybe it was you know this morning or maybe you can't even remember the last time God changed something in you you know uh, in the Bible we see um, God changes in people of all ages all, all different walks it's not limited to like you know just to young people there's there's this story in Genesis 32, um, 22, 32, 22 to 32. Um, we see a man named Jacob, and he was 90 years old at the time, 90 years old. 
and uh, he was on a, bro- on a journey to meet his brother Esau. Now, if you know anything about the story between Jacob and Esau, you'd know that they had a complicated relationship, to say the least. Um, you know, Jacob and Esau were twins, and um, they just had this rivalry straight from birth. Um, and then one day, you know, they were out in the field, and, and Esau was super hungry, and Jacob uh, conned Esau into his birthright. And then later on, um, Jacob dressed up like Esau and got the blessing from his um, dying dad instead of Esau, the blessing that was rightfully Esau's. Um, and so who's, who's got a brother here, right? Yeah, don't, don't steal their birthright. I, I don't even know what that means, but don't do it. And, uh, and Jacob did this, and it got, got Esau a little angry. Um, and so Esau decided he was going to kill Jacob one day, and, um, and so Jacob ran off, as you do. And, uh, and years later, um, we pick up the story when Jacob was 90 years old, and it's in Genesis 32, 22. It says, That night Jacob got up and took his wives, two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jabot. After uh, he had sent them across the stream, he sent over his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled um, with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of, his, of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled the man. Then the man said, let go, for it is daybreak. Uh, but Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man, asked him, what is your, sorry, yeah, the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, you will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place um, Penal, and uh, saying that it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him, uh, and passed, and he passed Penal, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore the Israelites did not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Cool story, right? Cool story. We've all like a lot of us would have heard that before. It's quite a popular story of, of this wrestling between, um, between Jacob and God um, all night, and so this, on this journey to to meet with his brother and 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 make right with his, with his brother, Jacob is at the river and he sends across you know everything he has, all of his possessions, all of the people, on purpose and finds himself alone because he wants to come before God. Um, now, some people say that the whole thing, the wrestling, was a metaphor for prayer. Um, in Hosea, it's referred to as, you know, just coming before God in prayer. But um, some people think it's like literally he was wrestling an angel. Um, and and there's, there's different things, to be, different um, theologies to believe different things. But it doesn't really matter because the whole point is that Jacob had this wrestling match with God mentally, with his soul. He, he wrestled with God. And there's a few things we learn. And I'll... You know, what we learned from the wrestle is that Jacob separated himself so that he could be alone with God. Um, why? Because he was nervous with meeting up with his brother again. And so he went to God begging for a blessing. He went before God to, to sort of beg for God's power and not just his power in the situation. Now, God, had a, God always had a blessing for Jacob. God always had this blessing prepared. Uh, and he, God always had this shifting of the goalposts for Jacob. But the interesting thing is that God knew that he couldn't plant something new in Jacob's life 
without Jacob changing something within himself. Something had to change inside of him. Uh, how often do we beg God for something new or, or, or a new situation or a blessing or um, God's hand in something and we don't, like, we don't realize that God's actually waiting for us to change something within ourselves? I know that that happens to me a lot. I'm, I'm asking for something and then all of a sudden it just hits me out of nowhere. It's like, well, I've got to change this before I get to that point. And so for Jacob, something had to change in, um, inside of him for him to get that blessing. He didn't get the blessing until he spent the whole night wrestling with God and fighting with God and, and actually getting injured by God. Now, we, we don't know exactly what happened in Jacob's heart, but as a result of the change was pain. I find that interesting that God would be in a wrestling match with a person that, um, you know, he's a Christian and, like, he believes in God. Like, why would God purposely hurt Jacob? Um, I don't... I, I don't know if you've ever tried to. I don't know if you've ever tried to dislocate someone's leg out of their hip socket, but I'd imagine it'd be pretty hard. But not just hard for us now, but for Jacob, because Jacob would have had thunder thighs. He just spent 90 years walking around the desert. Every day was leg day for Jacob, so his thighs were out here, and it's pretty hard to dislocate someone's leg without having thunder thighs. So we know that God was. Uh, we know that this person was God because it was this divine touch that pulled Jacob's uh, leg out of his hip socket. That's a, that's a pretty weird thing. You know, I think in our, saying, in our journey with God, as we wrestle with God, sometimes it requires us to give up something. Sometimes it requires us to go through a little bit of pain to, to see the change. And uh, I know, I think, like, when I think of that story, I think of tithing. Like, we have to lose something in order to gain something. We have to sort of separate ourselves from our desire for money and for our desire for power. And we actually have to, the Bible says, give your first 10%. So before we take the rest of our money and plan what we're going to do with that, the first thing we do is take 10% to say that, God, we want your, um, want your power over this. We, want, we, we don't want the, power, the money to have power over us. We want you, God, to have power over, over us. And in the same way that Jacob sacrificed his hip socket to have God's power over him. Um, I was reading a commentary and uh, um, it, said, it said something like this, Jacob would have rather had every socket in his body dislocated than not to receive a blessing from God. Are we, are we that hungry for change that we would rather see everything else given up than to not receive a blessing or, 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 or a purpose from God? I found that, I don't know about you, I found that super challenging. But maybe it's not money, maybe it's serving with time. Like, I'm pretty precious with my time, even though I don't spend it the best, like, you know, Netflix loves me a bit too much, but I know that um, sometimes it, it, it hurts to serve. Sometimes it sucks to get up on a Sunday morning to get to church early. I was up at 5 a.m. this morning, <laughs> and that wasn't easy. But sometimes it hurts to serve, but the blessing is in the serving, the blessing is in the pain, when we can put God in front of the pain and, and, and put God in front of the sacrifice, then the blessing comes easily. Notice that in order to receive change in his heart, Jacob had to, Jacob had to suffer. And in the same way, in order for us to receive something from God, we have to give up something. Now, Jacob walked away with a, a physical limp, but he walked away spiritually stronger with a stronger soul. He walked away with a stronger attitude towards God. I think that's, that's an awesome perspective. So that's what we learned from the wrestling, but 
there's this change in Jacob as well. And the, the easiest thing to notice in the change was the, the actual change of his name, Jacob to Israel. Um, and if you know what Jacob means, the word Jacob actually means supplanter. I don't know if I'm saying that right, supplanter. In other words, wrongfully acquired or, or undeserved. And in a sense, I relate to that as well. Because how often are the labels put on our head that say, you don't deserve this or you don't deserve that, you don't deserve God's love. You know, you did this last week, what are you doing in church this morning? And so Jacob had this label on his head that said, wrongfully acquired, supplanter. You didn't, you didn't deserve what you got. Jacob was a really blessed man. He sent over his possessions. There was a whole flock of sheep. There was, you know, tons of sons, wives, servants, like all this gold and, and stuff like that. He was a blessed man. But no matter what he acquired through his life, he always had this title lingering over his head that said, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve what God has blessed you with. And that's relatable for me. And, uh, and, and the whole attitude of Jacob went along with his name. If you notice, look through his story, the whole time, he's looking to fill himself up. He's looking for, for blessings and for birthrights. And he even um, somewhat conned his, his stepfather um, and, and got all of, uh, he profited off of his stepfather's losses. And so this whole time, Jacob's like, God, fill me, heal me, bless me. And, when, it, and um, when we're actually called to fill others and to, and to bless others and to pray for healing for others. And so Jacob experienced this name change, changed his name to Israel. And the, and the cool thing about that is the, is the way that Israel means may God prevail. Now, if we go back to this story... God didn't prevail in the fight. God didn't actually beat Jacob. The, the scripture says, the man, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he had to touch his, the hip of his socket. God didn't win, but Jacob, um, by technicality, sort of won the fight because the man left because it was daybreak. But interestingly enough, um, Jacob has gone before God and asked for a blessing. Now, back in those days, the... Um, the, if you ask for a blessing for someone, you're claiming his, um, his power, his, his uh, righteousness over, your, over yourself. The, uh, there's a cool saying here. I've missed it. But it's basically the less is blessed, the better. And that was in the commentary as well. In order to ask for a blessing, you're claiming humility. You're claiming God's power. The less is blessed the better. And, uh, and so in that moment, because Israel, uh, because Jacob admitted that God was better, his, uh, his name was changed to may God prevail. He got a blessing over his life. It's not just a name, but it's a prophecy. It's a prophecy over Jacob's life. And so that's the name change, the, the change from wrongfully acquired to may God prevail. But it wasn't just his name that changed. Along with that, his attitude changed. See, the effect on Jacob was a change in his heart. Jacob prevailed over God, but weirdly he asked for God's blessing. That's an attitude change. The less is blessed, the better. To ask, to ask for the blessing is to, is to claim in, in, uh, inferior. I can't even say it. Inferiority. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
Um, you know, another interesting thing happened is that God refused to tell Jacob his name. Um, and the reason uh, we believe that is, is because God didn't want Jacob to claim that win as pride. When God changes something in us and, and everyone else sees, you know, God working through us, it's easy for us to get proud off of that and, and get proud off of our own faith. Um, like, I noticed this, I was super conscious of this over Disruptors Conference because we had all of these awesome youth pastors here, but all of these awesome youth pastors that didn't have the resources to put on a conference. Um, and so all of a sudden, it's so easy to slip into this thing of, wow, God's doing something here, God's doing something amazing here, and He's not doing it there, so I must be better than them. Um, and so that's why God didn't, He chose not to reveal His name to Jacob. And in a masterful way, that actually helped change Jacob's attitude. See, Jacob named the place um, Penal, which means the face of God. Jacob could have easily named that place, you know, my victory over God or, or, you know, Jacob's win or anything like that. But he decided in his own humility to name the place after his experience with God. And so when we have a change in our life, don't be proud over what God's done in you, but be proud over the fact that what God's done in you can be done in any, any single person. We're called to be this, this light. In your life, are you wrestling with God? Are you praying with God and are you seeking for change from God? And it's this continual change as well. It's not just like a, a Sunday morning thing or a conference thing or a baptism thing, but it's this continual growing closer and allowing God to change things within us. Now, if you're like Jacob and you're all about blessing me and filling me, then you'll become a stagnant Christian. You'll become this Christian that doesn't really see awesome things happen in their life because they don't, um, they're staying at this constant full level. They're not allowing themselves to be empty. Oh man, after conference, I was so empty. Like I was empty in a good way though. I was, I was tired. I was like just wrecked emotionally, spiritually, physically wrecked. But that's a good thing because that meant I could come before God and allow God to fill me back up again. And see, Jacob had to wrestle all night with God before he saw change. Not needing God to fill you up will mean that God won't fill you up. I had this conversation with, um, with um, Nick, our, the person looking after our young adults here. Um, and like we related it to like having, because I'm living alone, right? Having a loaf of bread in my house all week. Like this loaf of bread was there all week. And all week I didn't really care about eating it because... You know, I was full, I was getting food, like, I'd shopped, I kept the fridge full, but then the fridge emptied, and I came home after work one day, and I'm starving, and this plain piece of bread, this plain loaf of bread, became like the best thing ever, because I was hungry and I wanted it bad, like, and so I'm eating this, this plain loaf of bread, but I couldn't care less, and this bread's sustaining me, and sometimes that's our walk with God, is that, you know, there's this plain loaf of bread sitting there, and we don't really want to eat it because we're not really that hungry. And, and, and it's not till we're hungry till we realize that this bread is the best thing ever. It will sustain us and it will actually help us to grow physically. And so are you finding yourself hungry enough? Are you emptying yourself enough for God to move? Are you coming before God asking to be, asking to be filled up and then going out and overflowing that? 
Like I, I imagine like a, a, a good healthy Christian, like a cup that's just overflowing and, and spilling out water wherever they go and everyone, everyone else is just getting like this overflow of their cup. And I think that's what we're called to. If we want God to change in our lives, if we want God to, to move in our lives, then we've got to find ourselves being empty and relying on Him. I'm going to have the, uh, the band back up now. That'd be great. But I don't know um, where you're at, but I know that we're all called to have God changes in our lives. We're all called to have constant God changes in our lives. If you think you're, you're there and you've made it for Christianity, then the sad news is you've got a long way to go. In fact, you've got all the way until heaven to go. Um, but that's also this awesome thing because you get to uncover and unravel who God is. Um, and that journey is what Christianity is. That's where the fulfillment is, is knowing more and more about God. You know, imagine a church where we're all constantly in a state of change. Um, I love the word fervently. It says that Jacob fervently sought after God in that time. He wrestled all night with God. Jacob fervently prayed with God. Imagine a church where we're all changing fervently, growing closer to God. Imagine the effect that would have in our community. Why did the angel, why did God stop wrestling with Jacob just because it was daytime? Because Jacob had other things to do. The time for praying, the time for being filled, and the time for being blessed was over, and Jacob had to go out and share that. Jacob had to go out and make progress. Imagine the effect on our community if we all left here for the purpose of overflowing that to our community. I love the things like Alpha that's going on tomorrow night at uh, 6.30, week three. It's been amazing because we're actually seeing transformation happen before our eyes. And if you can talk to Rob and see if you can support that in any way or, or bring non-Christian friends to that, because that's what, that's what this is all about, is seeing God changes. God changes in people's lives. That's what really counts, is lives transformed, these God changes within us. Wrestling with God brings change for good. So when's the last time you've seen a God change in your life? I want to get everyone to close their eyes right now, where you are. Just close your eyes just for the respect of the people around you. But I want to pray for two groups of people this morning. And the first group of people are people that have been Christian for years, you know, like decades maybe. And you've just noticed this, um, if you're honest, just a little bit of stagnation in your relationship with God, like, you know, you know God and you're, and you're in this awesome relationship, but you can't even remember the last time that God's placed a revelation on your heart. And, uh, and Or maybe, you know, you're a Christian, but you've just become a Christian and you haven't been filled with the Spirit or you want a fresh encounter. I don't know, but I want to pray for people that are Christian in this place this morning, but want a fresh God change in their life, that want the touch of the Holy Spirit on their life. You know, with every eye closed in this place, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand just so I know who you're praying for on the count of three. But if you want a fresh touch of God in this place right now, then uh, raise your hand. Three, two, one. That's awesome. Hands all over the place. That's cool. Cool. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you just move now? God, begin to touch people's hearts. Begin to start fires in people's hearts again, God. A fresh hunger for your word, a fresh hunger for your movement, God. Lord, it doesn't matter where we're at with our lives. God, our age, 
got our experience with you, God, but would you just touch us right now? Give us a fresh encounter of the Holy Spirit, God. Lord, would you just drop now on people's hearts? Would there begin to be a bubbling up of fire? Would that just overflow to the people around them, God? Would we begin to see transformation happen exponentially in this place, God? God, would revival start as a result of this decision to be fired up for you right now, God? Lord, would people walk out of this place different, with a different attitude, God? Maybe with a bit of a limp, but feeling stronger spiritually, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I lift these people up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, why don't we give a round of applause for those people? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. There we go. That's better. Be excited. Be hungry. Be expecting for God to move. Let's not half clap. Let's fully clap. We're going to pray for one more group of people. And this is for the people that have never encountered God, never called themselves Christian, but you know that deep down, this morning's the morning to do it. Right now is the time to do it. And there's a little bit of like anxiety, a little bit of adrenaline pumping around your body right now because you're nervous and you're not sure what's happening. And this guy's talking about the Holy Spirit, and that's a little bit weird. But you know that right now is the time to give your life to God. And, uh, and that's awesome. So with every eye closed again, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for on the count of three. Three, two, one. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really good. Got a couple of hands. Hey, we're all going to say this prayer together, whether you're Christian or not Christian. Let's say it nice and loud with confidence. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I turn away from my sins and ask you for forgiveness this morning. Please come into my life and give me a fresh start. I trust you and submit to you as my Lord and Savior. I am now Christian, a child of God and a follower of Christ. Help me to live a life for you. From this day forward, amen. Hey, let's give a massive round of applause for that. We're going we're gonna to begin worshiping again. So let's all stand up where we are and let's begin to worship. Let's bring in this change with a shout of praise and a shout of holy over God's name. Come on, let's, uh, let's worship fervently this morning.